Welcome to the Torchtale Radio Show, episode number five. Man, times have changed. Or maybe it's just where I live. Or maybe it's me. I mostly grew up in a small farming town and moved to L.A. like so many thousands who flock to this city every day. It is a different place, runs at a different speed, and the people have different attitudes and ambitions. My apartment complex isn't huge, but it is a nice little microcosm reflecting the local diversity of the area, and most everybody is courteous and friendly, but mainly keeps to themselves. Some people have been here over a decade, and some of them are getting up there in age. Like this one guy, Jerry. I met Jerry a few months after I moved in. He made it a point to introduce himself, tell me of his military history, and that he was essentially a self-appointed watchdog for our complex. So I should be aware that no matter what happened, everything would be okay. He then gave me a cursory interview, who was I and what did I do kind of thing. He was tall and skinny and old and frail. 72 years old and thin as a bag of sticks as of this writing, so I considered him about as much of a threat as an old hound dog barking at the crows he'll never catch. Let him watch over us. It gives him something to do, he obviously takes pride in it, and who knows, if something really got serious, at the very least he might be a useful witness later. I did not want to insult the man, but I did take more of a bemused attitude toward him, The longer I lived here led to more encounters with him, and most of those times he was clearly drunk, a belligerent drunk, one who had no time for any bullshit and no patience for any pleasantries. At times, he would remind me of how shitty this world was and that he was ready to be done with it. But I never let that faze me. I'd always answer back with some sort of positive spin, whether he liked it or not. I wasn't going to agree with this lonely old soul's self-diagnosed worldview. Alcoholics. When they're full-blown drunk and their heads are spinning, you gotta keep feeding fresh ideas to do battle with the demons they're already fighting inside themselves. Keep them distracted with positive images or a turn of phrase. Hell, it doesn't even have to be positive as long as it keeps their mind distracted. Otherwise, their thoughts always go dark and the demons win. Jerry had a lot of demons, but he wasn't alone. There was another guy in the apartment complex that shared his protective sensibilities and fondness for drink. He was a much more positive influence on Jerry, and they seemed pretty chummy. Eventually, he was the one who got through to Jerry when the old man needed help the most. See, what happened was, Jerry started showing signs that maybe he wasn't doing so well. He gave his dog away. He started upbraiding kids for playing too loud. That was new, even for the self-appointed patrol hound. And then one day, while he was full-blown drunk, he started patrolling the complex with his sidearm in a shoulder holster. I didn't see him, although apparently at one point when I was outside he was just a few steps away watching me. I only know that because the neighbor lady who called the cops on him told me later. She saw him watching me and thought he might be mad at me for something from the way he was looking, and he had that pistol with him. Honestly, even if I had seen him, I still don't think I would have considered him a threat. As far as I know, that pistol never left the holster the entire time he was walking around, but seeing him like that was enough to get those nosy neighbor fingers dialing. 
Since I hadn't seen him and I had to work that night, I was looking forward to some sleep. The most I heard at first were some grumblings and the distant sound of police somewhere in our building. I tried to ignore it. I didn't want to know why police might be here or what was going on. As long as it stayed on the other side of the complex, I was happy to pretend I was deaf and focus on slumber. But Jerry was a war vet, stuck in his ways, stubborn drunk, and ready to stand his ground. So, instead of a friendly chat with uniformed cops who might have arrested him, things escalated to a full-blown hostage situation, with Jerry as both terrorist and victim, barricading himself in his own apartment and threatening to shoot himself or one of them if they tried to take him. Before the hour was up, I could hear a steady knocking on doors moving systematically through the building, approaching mine. By this time, while I still had no idea what was actually happening outside my apartment, I knew that I would have to deal with it. There is nothing more ego-crushing than recognizing that this big old world can and will take you and affect you at any moment, regardless of what your preferences might be. I don't own my life. I am a part of life. That is all. When I opened my door, I came face to face with two policemen in full tactical gear, one with an automatic rifle, a proper automatic rifle. The other carried a tear gas gun and a shield. A shield! The man with the badge and the automatic told me that they were evacuating the building. The man with the badge and the shield indicated that I should leave through the narrow space between them and my front window. My nap was over. My neighbor opened her door and almost immediately began to panic. While she flustered and stuffed her cat into a travel carrier, I threw some clothes on, grabbed my wallet, and forgot my phone. I kicked myself over forgetting the phone because I missed a lot of potentially great footage I could have used later. The block was locked down. Cops were everywhere. All types of vehicles. LAFD even set up a base of operations in the gas station on the corner. They brought in a unit of specialists ready to climb the roof and rappel down the side of the building to get their man. At its peak, we saw about 60 different police, fire, and emergency personnel. And when I say police, I mean pretty much every department you could think of, from regular patrol all the way up to forensics and CSI types. The negotiator was working the residents for information he could use to talk to Jerry, and the people that knew him best did what they could to make sure the SWAT didn't go in guns blazing on the old man. Sure, all that gear was impressive, but nobody on that block thought that kind of show of force was necessary. You can bet that when Jerry saw the apartment complex fill up with a sea of blue, all geared up with guns out and heading for his front door, the last thing he was thinking of was surrender. No, if anything, he was ready for a full dose of death by cop if that was how it had to be. Let him come. Of course, in these days we live in, I can't really say I blame the cops for wanting to squash any potential threat with the full weight of the military hardware our tax dollars paid for. The saying goes, God made man, but Colt made him equal. In other words, he may have been just a drunk old man, but he was a drunk old man with a gun who apparently had threatened cops doing a wellness check on him after a neighbor expressed genuine safety concerns for herself and others in the complex. Who knows what Jerry had in his apartment, and if he really was willing to take his own life? 
What if he decided to take a few neighbors or cops with him on his way to the suite by and by? Nope, Jerry had sprung his own trap, and now there was nothing to be done but wait to see what he would do about it. Fortunately, the cops really did seem to understand the situation and held off storming the apartment or trying to smoke him out with tear gas. None of that would have gone well for anybody, and Jerry certainly would be dead one way or another. Instead, his friend showed up, calmly walking up to the scene while talking to Jerry on the phone. The negotiator was happy to see him and tried to enlist his aid. He even brought equipment to connect the phone so they could record the conversations. Jerry's friend was having none of that. I couldn't hear them talking, but I could see him shaking his head, disregarding the negotiator's frustration. In a moment when the negotiator had to deal with something else, Jerry's friend simply walked away. He went around the block where he could call Jerry and talk to him in peace. And they did talk. For about a half hour they talked. Soon after, we could see the police starting to roll out. Some went quickly, while others had to dismantle all the gear and temporary command posts they had set up. They had brought a bunch of shit. Word came down that Jerry had given up and was in custody. There was a light smattering of applause that almost felt sarcastic when it began, but by the time myself and others on the block joined in, it was an expression of genuine relief that Jerry was out safe and nobody got hurt. I went over to Jerry's friend and thanked him for helping Jerry get out alive. He was more incensed by the police presence than anything I had to say, and soon started to call out to random SWAT and others about how what they did was unnecessary. He could have saved all of them all that trouble if only they let him talk to Jerry instead of bringing all of Burbank PD down on the old man. He tried to spot Jerry in all that business and ended up yelling encouraging words in the general direction we thought they took him. It was kind of touching to see one old dog barking for his friend, trying to hear if his friend could even howl back at him. He was going to miss Jerry more than any of the rest of us. As for Jerry, we still haven't seen or heard from him. I'm betting that he was brought straight to a suicide watch slash observation slash mental care facility and will probably be on their 30-day detox and evaluation program, and that's just for starters. I'd be surprised if he did any jail time, because, at the end of the day, Jerry really just needed someone to talk to who would really listen. He needs this kind of professional help whether he wants it or not. In the end, one friend with a cell phone accomplished what 60-plus SWAT, LAPD, LAFD, EMT, and God knows what else couldn't get done on their best day. They literally threw an army at a 72-year-old alcoholic who had the audacity to stand up to them and still failed to successfully negotiate the conclusion. They did scoop him up and carry him off somewhere, though, so now we'll see what's next. As much as I can rationalize what happened, I still find myself wondering at how the times have changed. I like to believe that where I grew up, even these days, that situation would not have escalated the way it did. But then again, I'm not there now, and who knows? Maybe I'm romanticizing my past the way Jerry romanticized his. But the whole story seems sad in a way. A tragic decline in what we as U.S. citizens think of ourselves and what it means to be an American. 
We were once emboldened by the impassioned statement, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Now we live in an era where fear rules our nation, from our leaders to our neighbors. We would simply rather let the cops deal with our problems, and honestly, that's not a very independent attitude. This proud old vet seemed to be clinging to his ideologies through the bottom of a bottle, and these frightful times have nowhere near the patience or understanding necessary to deal with such an individual. Times have changed. If Jerry felt unappreciated before, imagine how he must feel after facing down SWAT, being forced from his home and thrown in a drunk tank, all because, from his perspective, he was patrolling the neighborhood complex to keep everyone safe. At his core, Jerry's a good man with a few demons and mostly good intentions. His age and his alcoholism led him to some very poor decisions, which, hopefully, can be turned into an opportunity for recovery. Hopefully, Jerry will get some real counseling and care, not just processed and a prescription regimen. Oh, here's an update. Well, I ran into Jerry's friend this morning and discovered that Jerry went straight to jail, where he still resides, waiting for his preliminary court date. Bail was set at $85,000, and although the charges are not fully understood at the moment, the potential sentence could be up to five years. If he's getting any sort of help, it's through the state incarceration system, which means that 72-year-old man is fucked. He'll probably die in jail. Jerry's friend confirmed that he was just walking a self-made patrol, and that once the cops arrived, he knew he was done for. But none of that matters anymore, really. It's looking like Burbank slash North Hollywood PD is going to make their case and throw it at him just as hard as when they brought dozens of SWAT to roust him from his home. People may shrug and say it's the times we live in, but it still feels like a misguided bumblebee got squashed with a sledgehammer. I can't really call it justice, but I can say it was educational. Poor bastard. Here's to you, Jerry. Feel better, old man. Torchtail Radio Show. Thanks for listening. I was cool till I lost it all in the same place. I thought I found love, and I found what it's like to feel lost. And there ain't never been no time. When I ever felt like this So lost, so alone, so disgraced And I'm a loser Don't wanna keep no one down Yeah, loser Trying to hold my own ground
a loser always wants more than he's got Yeah, loser knows exactly what he is not And a loser ain't surprised when he sees how it ends No loser just wants to find himself a friend He's trying to find himself a friend I'm trying to find a friend. Loser's Song Definition Arranged and performed by Mike Walsh Lyrics by Brad Havens. All other music provided by Jason Shaw at audionautics.com. Copyright Brad Havens, October 2021. All rights reserved. This has been a Mountain Fire Media presentation. Thanks for listening.